0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Good evening. Welcome to
2: Love Logical, DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family. Which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Hello, 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 and welcome. Uh, My name is Delon Kennedy. Uh, I have LaQuint Rhodes with me. I'm going to call him Q. (laughs) You know, um, go ahead, say hey, Q. What's going on? How y'all doing out there? So, um, tonight we're going to be talking about Q's life. Um, we're going to have a call in from one of your friends yeah. and we're, we're going to be talking about the foster system and, you know, some some things possibly that we can change. And, you know, how his life went through the foster system mm-hmm. and, you know, how it basically molded you into who you became today.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 OK. It's a great story.
2: Yeah. So um, let's let's get started. You know, tell us a little bit about you, man.
1: Well, um again I'm LaQuent Rhodes. Uh I'm thirty five years old. Um and I have three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh and my wife Janae Rhodes, of course, of Uncut Rhodes. And uh, yeah, uh I guess to, to get straight into this story, I guess I I was taken in, into the system around I wanna say about eight or nine around mm-hmm. that age, and um yeah, this is flashback memory right here. <laughs> it's taking it back, but yeah, I was taking an system about eight or nine, and from that journey of uh i guess going into homes and yeah and acceptance, I think that's one of the things acceptance and with the parents this is is there is there is they heart unconditional? to do what they're signed up to do, you know? Yeah. So I guess in in the midst of, of going through this journey of homes and, and trying to fit in with the, their family that's already mm-hmm. there, um, it, it's a, it's a journey. Um, I guess more so about myself, uh, uh or you want me to go straight into the story? Yeah. Like, just?
2: so, um, first, how many, how many different homes did you, did you go to?
1: Well, uh, let's see. I was in one, one um, agency called Black Family Development, mm-hmm. and then I went from there to another system called uh, Star Commonwealth. Star Commonwealth? yes, yeah, Star okay. Commonwealth as well. Um, and i say throughout those agencies, I probably went through maybe 10? 10. 10? Yeah. I'm wow. Sure, maybe around 10. That's, that's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It's just amazing to me to see, like, you know, because I didn't know necessarily this part of your story, and to see like where you are today, man. I'm really proud, oh, proud of you, and proud for you, man. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. you man, know, like it. you got your you got your family, your love, logical family. You yeah, know, like yeah,
1: it's blended. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is an awesome thing, man, because the the percentage of uh, I guess guys or girls coming out of the system and their outcome. The ch- the the eyes are very rare because yeah. they they damaged they hurt a lot they went through a lot of trauma so yeah, yeah. to really find that light and find the you know where they're supposed to be it in life it's a it's a journey to get there yeah, yeah. and Je- does Janae help you through that too right she does she does she's very supportive uh, she was raised with both her uh, parents in her mm-hmm. life so she has that defiance and that you know right yeah. way of coming up and then so. Yeah. Yeah. she's very supportive. Yeah. yeah,
2: she's she's an awesome she's an awesome oh, yeah, woman, man. man. Yeah. You know, I commend you on that. Cause, she brings a lot. Yeah, she's she's got good positive vibes, oh, you know, know. I can always appreciate those positive vibes, yeah. man. Yeah,
1: and I'm I'm very lucky to have her.
2: Yeah, so um let's just jump into it. Um what are some of your most positive memories from being in the foster system?
1: Positive memories. Um I guess the the unconditional families that that there was in the, in the right place like at the right time mm-hmm. um and and not giving up uh for for some of the families uh, I ended up running into uh, a great family i'm not sure if they hear me but there um, there they was called the, the Gabo's um was was the family and um they they was an awesome family um you felt the love you felt the unconditionalness um, mm-hmm you felt acceptance, and it wasn't just about money, because, you know, a lot of parents, they sign up and, you know, thinking they can deal with certain kids, but all you know, or or even if the kid is child, uh, the kid is worse as a better kid, then you get paid more. Oh, well, so, you know, it's like... I didn't know that. You know, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, so it's like, are you accepting me for the money, or you know, are you really here for me? You know, and that's yeah. the biggest question that's in a lot of kids' minds at, at a younger age, um, feeling accepted, and you know, just wanting to be a part of
2: something, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, like just yeah. trying to trying to basically be a part of like a family to a family unit. Right. That's going to lock, lock it in and, mm-hmm. you know, teach them the necessary
1: things they need to survive. Yeah. You know, and they have to feel that unconditional love first before they even give in to even accepting this new home and, and mm-hmm. so-called family, you know, because anybody can call each other family. But are you standing behind those, uh, those um, standards of family you know and and really being supportive and 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 there for every single need, not just picking and choosing these and just you know mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's you can feel that it's it's a feeling that you can feel, yeah, and so like no, nope, take me out of here, no, give me out of here <laughs> <laughs> not right, not right.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like those positive vibes, oh yeah, just yeah. like yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, so what what about them made them like such like what a, what made that such a positive experience for you? What kind of things that they do to like promote your health or you know?
1: Well, uh I was I would say they, they provided for me as number one. They provided for me, which anybody can provide. But not only did they provide, um they listened and they you felt you felt their, their vibe. You know, you yeah. they 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 talked, they took that time out. They their life wasn't so uh, chaotic or just, you know, I think they had, like, four kids in the home, and, you know, they, they took individual time to really know who they had in, in their house, and, and that makes a difference because, you know, when you have more kids, it's more like, you know, they can't, some some, some families, it's, it's challenging when you have more kids, mm-hmm. especially when each kid had their own different personality or their different issues that they came from, so, you know, you have to adjust to each one of them and know how to hit that switch and not, you know be uh the same across to, to each one of them you got to yeah you got to understand each one of them you know what I mean so, yeah, yeah, yeah you got to um, okay I can, I can understand that yeah. I can understand that yeah, you know what about um
2: so let's let's just jump into your story you know like how how did it all get started
1: well uh yeah man uh man so at home when I was staying with my parents uh my my water was cut off um mm-hmm. And our water was off for like three years. And, oh, and it was to the point that we was carrying buckets of water uh, in the summertime. But, you know, we come carrying buckets of water down, you know, going, to side, going to the side of people's houses and getting buckets of water take take back to the house. And at the time, I was playing all the basketball, you know, just to vent off, just to, you got to find something to do just not to think about what's going on at home. And mm-hmm. guys at the court are like, man, why are you taking, you know, why are you on the side of my mom's house getting water, man? I'm like, you know. You know, on my water off. And it was like, you know, it was embarrassing, you know, to, yeah. to grow through that. But, well, uh, one day, uh, a counselor came to my classroom in, in school and, uh, they seen, you know, my clothes looked very high I in my shoes and, you know, I was, I was very sad a lot. You know, I either missed days or when I was there, I wasn't really in the class or uh, focusing my grades was failing. And, uh, she took me in the, in our office and, uh, she just started asking me questions like, you know, what's what's going on? Are you okay or, you know, what's going on? And I'm just like, you know, tears just started coming out my eyes, you know, because I, I I was speechless. I couldn't say nothing. I, I didn't want to say nothing because I'm like, these are my parents still at the same time. So, it's yeah. like, oh, man, you know, it's like, you know, so when she started going to the points of what she noticed and what was going on, she's like, okay, okay, so you don't want to talk, okay all right, okay, well, we're going to let you go, um, and uh, I'm going to talk to you later, and I think surely maybe the, the next day or two, next, you know, knock on the door, here, here's the worker, or here's the, uh, yeah, here's the worker that came to the door, and um, from the state of Michigan, you know, and they came in and walked through the house, and the first thing they went through is straight to the kitchen, and and uh, they opened the refrigerator and they seen a number of water in the refrigerator, and they, you know, they asked him, you know, my parents like, you know, is the kids eating or, you know, what's going on? And at the time, my mom, she was she was at a point in her life where she felt that she take care of my sister, which I have between both my parents is me and my sister. And mm-hmm. my mom took care. Of, my mom told my dad, I said, I'm going to take care of your sister. I mean, I'm going to take care of her. She said she was going to take care of her and he take care of me. Yeah. Which he he wasn't a provider. He wasn't working at the time. So, uh, you know, it was like she had food and cabinets up in her room just to feed my sister directly. You know, oh, man. like, you know, cankers, food, what have you, snacks, everything, cereal all, it was all up in in my mom's room. You know, it was kind of like, you know, what's going on? My, my sister looking all pretty and nice hair done. And she's very up, managed hygiene. Everything is all up to par. While Well, they looking at me like. You know, so um, at that point, um, they gave me one choice. They said, "Well, you can go stay with a family member, or you can um, you can go with us." So, you know, at that time, I thought of my auntie, um, and she she took me in for a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, it didn't it didn't work out so long there. Um, not that she didn't do what she was supposed to be doing, but I was still you know, in spite of not being at home, so I was a little troubled and. and still like to do things at that time my way um yeah um and and there my journey started you know they they, the first agency i went to was a black family development and and i think one of the first homes i was at was, was it was the home of like a single parent mother and three girls there you know so i'm like looking at this family and i'm like she, you know, some one of my first directions or one of my first things that coming into this home was just go in this room with the girls and just sit here and watch videos or whatever it was on the TV. And I'm like, wait a minute, like this, this, this can't be right. So I'm just going to stay in this room all day long, like, and just watch, watch TV, shows, you know, just watch TV, like no type of trying to engagement, you know, trying to talk to me or want to get to know me or really, you know, so when I felt that, I'm like, that was immediately just a signal right there, just even that feeling of that, like, you know, it was, it was very simple, you know, and, and that's when I'm like, nope, I I can't do this. I told the worker um, that was over me at the time, like, this is not it. I can't fit in here. This is not, this is, I don't, you know. So she didn't, she didn't
2: engage you. She didn't want anything really to do with you. It was just watch some TV with the girls and you'll be all right. It,
1: it, it was very short and simple. You know, of course when you go in the worker and the parent, you know, the new parent got to talk with the worker, I guess to get mm-hmm. a little update on you or whatever and have you. But when the worker left is, you know, it's it real short and simple. You know, you want something to go? Oh, okay, here you go. And, mm-hmm. and go back in the room, you know, it's like, you know, the, and, and the girls that were there, it's just like, you, you know, they just there because they already situated. They, they're all sisters together. So, you know, um. just looking at me and kind of like,
2: is he coming yeah, like,
1: in? He, you know, I don't know how many of of me I've been in there. You know how many times I've been, another guy or another girl has changed out since I, you know, me coming in. So mm-hmm. they probably looking at me as another. Here is another one. You know, so was, you, you can feel that, and, yeah. and that's one of the first things that you feel as a kid is love and and needing love and um, knowing if. I mean, you're already traumatized already from not being in your own home. Yeah, so, not being with your parents. So, you know, now it's like you you need all, all antennas should be up at that time for parents, especially accepting new kids in, in the home. Uh, and that's when my journey started initially right there. And, and then we started going home to home. I may be in there for about a week or so and. And then, you know it's nope it's it's not you know this is not right, and it's from different issues or other issues with their own family that was already going on, and some mm-hmm. homes that I went into, so I'm like, wait a minute i am here for help what
2: kind of what kind of issues are they were they having
1: um you know you've seen parents fighting you know or, mm-hmm. or arguing or uh you know uh I've seen a couple of uh, of the men and some of the families that they had issues Uh, they had anger issues or, you know, they may yell at the, you know, their wife or, you know, whatever yeah. have you was or, you know, it was, and a, a lot of times, a lot of the cases it was like, you know, go to this room or, you know, go over here or kind of like segregate, you know, instead of like a wholeness of like, you know, sitting at a table and then, you know, it was, it was times where we sit at a table and I'm I'm probably just there, or just the kids there. You know, you didn't find a lot of the the family sitting together and eating like Thanksgiving dinner. You know, yeah, and really feeling yeah. that. So it's like, some of the, you know some of those scenarios. Are, or hey, here, here's my homework. You know, hey, well, you go up here. Help your, the other guy, one of the other boys or girls that help you with your homework. You know, so it wasn't a lot of engagement. Right. You know, and and these are things that as as coming up and realizing as me being a parent now, how much how important that is now. Yeah, just you know, coming up, and so I, I do, I try to do, I try to be very intentional on everything opposite of what I went through, I make sure I'm not going to go without no bills cut off, yeah. I make sure I go without <laughs> nothing going on, I make sure I'm very responsible, because that is trauma in itself uh, coming up, and you're looking at your parents, it's not, you know, of course life happens, and you know, you lose jobs and gain jobs, but when you have kids, kids are affected, and they are our future, you know, and mm-hmm. For me to be one of the eyes of coming from not only neglect, but abuse at the same time. So, um, I mean, even with my mom, my mom was, uh, she was a noon hour aide at at, uh, a school. It's called Malcolm X Academy. And, uh, you know, she was around kids all the time. So when she would come home from being with school, I mean, you know, from working, you know, even though I went to that same school and I come back home, she had a lot of aggression in, in her. You know, she was very frustrated. Working with kids, um, she probably didn't have the best patience oh, wow. to deal with a lot of kids. So she mm-hmm. would come home, you know, and take anger out on me sometimes, or you know, yell and mm-hmm. scream, or you know, think one way of chastising. But you know, it's communication and and how you talk to kids it makes a difference as it well. Is. And um, and, and those those are those are some of the stories that I mean, some of the things that I went through just coming up. So mm-hmm.
2: what about what about after you know, like. What about the positive one that you ran into, you know? Like, how long did it take you to actually get to?
1: To that positive? To one? that
2: positive. How many did, homes did you go for? It, it
1: took a week and see. Uh So, yeah, like I said, I, I want to say it was probably roughly close to about 10, if not 10. Which, you know, from being in one agency and then going to another agency and then going through the whole interview process all over again and then mm-hmm. looking at my case and then I got these parents just looking at these files to say, hey, you know, you want this kid? No, you don't. You want this kid? You know, you... You're looking at the father, you know. So they actually got to choose what kid they wanted? Yeah, it it was more so, I mean, because I I don't know if the foster parents are trained to deal with, you know, because you have to go through training period as a foster parent. And you have to be able to look and and, uh, know the signs of kids and what they're going through to know how to treat, you know, the different things they're going through. You can't get a kid that went through trauma and treat them like a regular child as, you know, or there's been abused and you treat them like a neglected, you know, so yeah. you, you got to have all that training to be able to understand the kid. And, and, and uh, most importantly, you really have to have a lot of patience. You have to have that time and patience. Time And, and um, that, the last family that I was with, it, yeah, uh, I got to the point where I was doing very good. I was very good. I was like, I got up to like 10th grade. I think I got to them when I was in middle school, I believe. So I did play like, like three years with them, mm-hmm. and then I ended up wanting to just venture off. I wanted to be on my own. They had a program called Independent Living, where they where I guess the state provided you with um you stayed in a like apartment complex with all teenage guys, mm-hmm. and as long as you went to school or worked, they you know you had your own room, from furn- your own apartment furnished, and you just That's had to cool. be put, um. You know, it was still supervised, of course. It had mm-hmm. cameras and you know staff there working, but it was a part of starting independence. And I just like you know what, I just I was ready to just venture off and start
2: being uh, more on your own, more on my
1: own, and and figuring out this thing called life. Because I was already restricted a lot of childhood and and and, and the things that you should go uh, enjoy as a child and coming up and with the prom and all that. I I didn't graduate myself. You know, I got my my GED. Because of moving in and out of uh, homes and not being stable as I should be, been yeah. so. Because
2: every home you went to, did you go to a different school? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. oh wow, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I moved a lot from the east to the west, man. I went to Pershing, I went to Osborne, I went to Kettering, I went to Mackenzie, I went to. Wow, man, you know. So it's like when you see those families that you be like, hey, I went, to, I, I made through high school all the way here. I'll be looking at them like, man, you know, wow. What's that I mean, like? I, I, I can imagine how that feel. Yeah, you know, and, and even with this last family, they wanted me to stay there and finish out, but I was at the point where I need to find myself. How old were you at the time when I left? I was sixteen. Sixteen. Wow. Yeah, sixteen. So you know, I was. I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of uh, um, questions, anger. You know, it, it was a lot uh, just trying to figure out myself or where my place should be at. And, and you know, and, and my mom, she tried to, you know, we she tried to come in and out of my life. It, it was even when they first uh, took me in, they came back to get my sister and my sister. You know, she she came in a little like for a little bit. And, you know, my mom was going through therapy and going, going through counseling and everything like that. And, and she ended up going back home. But I'm like, no, I'm not going back home because I know she's just fronting for the, the workers system. for the system, you know, just doing the bare minimums just to get them back. And then once you're back, you're stuck again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I feel that when you go through therapy and conflict, it's not just a, it's not just a temporary thing where you just go through a couple of weeks or eight weeks or three months, like you, you still have to do some type of practices to make sure that you stay on that same page. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you just do it for that, just to prove something on the outside but on the inside, you need help. Yeah. You still need to be continuously. It's, the same. yeah
2: you got to continue to move
1: forward because
2: man that's that's crazy to me yeah, yeah so do you still do you still talk to your sister and, and your mom and things like that
1: um i i do uh still talk i haven't talked to my sister as of uh lately um because of uh, from from my wedding before mm. um, there that, that was a lot of issues that went with that yeah um and my mom is I don't really talk to her a lot i talk to her you know here and there I just check up on her here, here and there but um yeah, it's, it's my my relationship with my mom has never been like one hundred percent like a mom and son relationship, you know. So Yeah. A lot of times I I end up growing other moms and, and getting that relationship from, you know, from other women that's around that's involved with me and um uh, and absorbing their love and their care and, and the different aspects that I didn't get. Yeah, from other women that's in my life. So,
2: what about um, what about that last family that you were with? Are you still in contact with them?
1: No, actually, no. I have, man, I haven't, yeah, I haven't contacted them in, he, man, years. I was like, yeah, it's, I haven't had no contact with them in years. I, last I've heard that the father had passed away, and he was a, he was a sheriff, you know, and he he passed away some time back, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's a journey, man. It's not easy for, uh, anyone to, it's not just the, it's just something you can't just snap out and just hit a switch and just come out of, you know, it takes a lot of support, you know, even from, from the agency that I was with. Um, it was mm-hmm. a lot of a strong positive men there that, um, helped mold me to be who, who I was, um, you yeah. know, to, to name a couple of few, um, um I don't know if I can say names on here but yeah, he can say a couple names you know like it, it was uh a strong um positive role model I, I even called him um he, he was like a father figure to me as well but his his name was George Blakely he was one of them I don't know There's another one called Mr Naylor he was a, he was a great uh, inspiration as well he passed away a couple of years back um what made them
2: what made them great role models to you
1: because they 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 treated me um uh, like I was a human being, they treated me like they didn't just treat me like I was a problem, or they didn't just treat me because you here and you got issues, you know. So you know accordingly, but they they still behind a strong structure of you know that 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 missing link of what you need that you're supposed to get from a man that's coming up of mm-hmm. of uh, you know learning about life and real talks. You know, they didn't just have scripts, or they didn't just have like you know they they did their job, but they. They were still their self. They, you know, they had yeah. families as well, so they still treated you as you was one. Like it was, it got to the point where you know, I even went to ha to their homes and we oh, wow. met their family and their wives and spent the night. And you know, it was, you know, just rass. You know, just it was, it, it was a. a, a they, they didn't just do it as a job. You can tell it was more than a job to them. And a lot of the ones that stayed there longer than you know ten years, mm-hmm. you can tell those the ones that they really care about what they're doing because yeah. your, your heart, your heart, have to be into it. Or, or helping any, any any kid or any anybody that went through any issues, your heart has to be there and you have to want to do it, not just for the paycheck. And and it's weird because getting in, and going through all of that and then getting older as an adult, I ended up starting to work, with, wanted to work with kids. So I took my last five, six years as has been working with kids.
2: That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah. You know, like teaching teaching them the things that you, you had missing yourself, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I was always different because you could see the other workers that worked, they didn't work the same as me. You know, I, I was the type that understood a little bit different than what they understood. They may not had any experience or mm-hmm. they may have experience in working but didn't go through the system. So I was like mm-hmm. a double threat to, you know, be like, well, I, you know. Why is he listening? You know, he's really taking the time to listen and understand versus just go in his room and close his door. You you know, or take this medicine. You know, or do you know? So yeah. and and it's bad because a lot of times when kids have issues, the first thing we do is what? Medicine. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Just giving these giving these drugs, they'll be all right. You know, don't get me wrong. Some kids they may need it, <laughs> some. But you know, it's, I think I think it's hard because we they end up getting. Where well, they hooked on it, you know, and they, yeah. think they think they need it for the rest of their life, you know, so it's, it's like they give up fast and just automatically script them out. You know, that's not always the remedy. remedy. That's not how you should do it at all. man.
2: man. I don't agree with that at all.
1: I did. Yeah. You know,
2: like I I can understand that kids sometimes have problems, but we like sometimes they just need somebody literally to talk to.
1: Yeah. yeah, You know, it's
2: it's that simple. Like they just need somebody that they can open up to and that one positive role model that they've never had, you know, or that person that just you know, for some reason they have a connection with and they just need to just get it off their chest. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, man, I've, I've had a few friends that, you know, like sisters, you know, like my love logical sisters. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, that's who my mom was to him. You know, she always was there for Tasha and, you know, Shanita and all them. And it's, it's like even me with like LaShawn when he was younger and just, just everything that, everything that we went through, you know, it's like, we all went through it together. It was a battle. And yeah, yeah. it was like, they taught me and, you know, like I, I learned to be me through the stories that I heard from some of them, you know, and mm-hmm. just like, man, like I can't believe you're, you know, because I was older, mm-hmm. you know, than a couple of them, and it's like I can't believe that you, you're going through this at such a young age, mm-hmm. you know, like, man, this happened in your own house, like, so you can't even feel safe in your own house, yeah, you know, so I can understand a hundred percent, just you know, finding that one person that you know, sometimes you just got to pour your heart out. You know,
1: and sometimes you got to be that special person because everybody don't click to everybody, and every, they're not going to share their story with everybody. Yeah. You have to be that either they got to feel that love from you or that unconditionalness from you, yeah. or it, it may be you, it may be me, you know. But you're going to feel that connection, and, and you're going to know when it's right. And it's just something about feeling people's vibes and being around people that, that you can, you know, is, that as working with kids. And then being a kid, you know, feeling all of that, that's why it's very mm-hmm. important to to know who you're dealing with or even take the time to get to know who you're dealing with.
2: Yeah, because people, like, man, I just, i've I've seen some, I've seen some, <laughs> some stuff, you uh, know, man. like, I know you've seen some stuff man. too, man, and it's like. Like, even like growing up playing basketball with my friends and everything else, you know, my, um, my best friend across the street, his parents adopted him from Korea,
3: mm.
2: you know? So like, you know, you, you having the aspect of knowing, like knowing your parents and who they are, like he didn't know his parents at all, mm. you know? So he always had like this anger for some reason. And it was just like watching him as he, he grew, but he, he digressed instead of, He's, like, moving forward now, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, like, sometimes it can take a hold of you, mm-hmm. you know. It's, like, a,
1: an anger that you
2: have in your soul.
1: Like a beast. Yeah,
2: exactly, like a beast, like a beast, yeah, you know. Man, and,
1: to take over your soul, man, and especially when, when when the hurt is so heavy that you can't even see the light or, you you, you know, it's, it's just a dark path that you see. It's, like, a dark cloud going everywhere you go, you know, so to finally see light it's like everything and that's at that point when that person, that one person didn't give up on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and when that one person that give up on it, it's like oh my God, you know, because they can do everything they can do from yelling at you, screaming at you, attacking you and you still don't give up on this person? Yeah. They yeah. like, man, where did you come from, <laughs> man? <laughs> like, oh man, you took it all. And I, yeah, I know yeah. you mean, that was the test right there. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it wasn't just me um, going in the, and through these um homes because I had a couple of other brothers um the one the caller that's gonna call in in a a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, his name is right there he was one of my my brothers as well um and there's a couple of other ones that that i went through the system with um but uh, this one is going to call in uh we, we was very close you know we i met him initially actually i skipped the part because when they first took me they took me to a shelter first and i went to a shelter first I had to stay there for a little time because that's when, the, uh, I guess the agencies had to go through the shelter to recruit the kids out. Mm-hmm. So even just going through that shelter stage of just being in there with all boys. You know, that was the first step of just like when reality kicked in, you know, and this is where I met him at, um, uh, this is going to call him right And like I said, he, he can't, his, his story is, is deep too, you know, but it's, it's very, very important. Um, uh, to to listen and to to um, have patience and to understand everybody's story because they they react for a reason or they do certain things for a reason where they came yeah. from so you know if you don't take the time to know to know that person you know don't 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 try to automatically diagnose a person just say oh is this, this this oh is this that you know it's yeah. like no it's not just this and not just that it's a it's a whole list of things a whole journey you know behind this person yeah. So you know, a lot of people try to piece out, you know, and try to just put a name on this person and say what this is. But yeah, it's... what made what made you and Raphael so close? Uh, man, <laughs> uh, we bonded. I, it's funny because the story of when I first met him. It's funny because uh, when I met him in the shelter. I had just started finding out what gear was, like name brand clothes was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. So <laughs> yeah. when I first started getting a couple of pieces of clothes, you know, when I ended up being in the shelter, the first thing I asked him, I didn't even know him. Like, I first I said, man, what kind of shirt is that? I ain't sure, man. Is this polo, man? Is this Nike, man? Like, he was like, what? Like, what? you know, what do you mean? Is this, like, because he wasn't really into it either. But yeah. that would kind of, like, start the whole thing because we still laugh at it to this day because, you know, that 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 kind of like initiated like just a bonding point between me and him because you know he didn't know about clothes, I didn't know about clothes, and I'm trying to check him on his clothes, and I'm like, I'm not really that, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, so, nah, you could, if you, when you check him man, he just stay poloed out and gear it out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I stay geared, but, and, and, and even with that, though, because when you come from not having stuff, you know, yeah, you want to dress nice all the time, and, yeah. and you need that as, as, uh... You always dress nice, I, man. I be trying, man. Clean. I, I <laughs> try, man, but, you know, again, you know, I think, um... Uh, self-esteem go a long way in itself, and there's a lot of kids that have uh, self-esteem issues, you know, and not just internally, but on the outside as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they try to cover that up, you know. So yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, different ways that you have to dig in deep, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to reach out to to uh, individuals.
2: Because even though even though you might
1: portray that you're the most confident one out of the yeah, bunch, yeah, oh man, that could be just, like, man. Why do you have all this makeup on? Why do you have all of this? i yeah. take it all off. Take it all off. Yeah. Oh wow, this is underneath all of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's yeah, man. When you just get all the way naked and be able to even like talking about this, or sharing stories, man. When you're able to to accept who you are and accept what you went through and and accept. Um, the presence, the, if the present moment of where you're at now and moving yeah. forward and say, this is what I got to do with my life. You know, that's that's when that's when, you know, you didn't you make some progress. You know,
2: Yeah, that's yeah. man, you know, that's what life is all about is moving mm-hmm. forward, you know, and, oh, yeah. you know, like just being able to, you know, look back and <laughs> say, like, yeah. Like man, I never would have thought I made it here. Like, like
1: man, that was the edge right there, man. You know, I
2: almost fell over the edge, man. You, you know, know but, like I, I've even been to that edge a few times myself, man. Yeah. You know, like i I had a I had an amazing mom, you know, loving, mm-hmm. you know, caring, always, you know, supported me in whatever I wanted to do, you know. But and at the same time, I I didn't really have a good relationship with my dad, you know, growing mm-hmm. up and it's like in and out in and out so it's i man i i understand a little bit but at the same time i could never understand cuz it was just different you know and like just me and me and me and mom like helping other people you know mom always said that you know she, but even before she made love logical you know mm-hmm. she was all about being in a love logical relationship, mm-hmm. like basically like helping mentees, you know, being a mentor, you know, helping mm-hmm. underprivileged kids. You know, mm-hmm. even growing up, we were in a group called Bucks. OK. And with Bucks, you know, we always um, it was for the children who couldn't walk like uh, I believe one of them. She was uh, she had no legs. She was oh, paralyzed wow. from the waist down Wow, and she had never rode a bike. So we sat here and we gathered all this funding and we did all these fundraisers and we bought her this like awesome bike where you pedaled it and controlled it with your hands and just seeing like a a little girl on a bike for the first time you know that that right there literally like touch my soul man you know yeah. so it's like hearing your story is, is, is a similar story you know and it's like just knowing you personally you know cause his wife does my hair <laughs> you know <It's, laughs> she keeps me crispy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know she, she keep me together. Yeah, man. like yeah man it's like just knowing that about you it, like it literally touches my heart Indeed, man, man you know because it's it's like you never know you never you don't really know somebody until you yeah. like actually sit down and yeah, you know man.
1: talk to them 100% you know you never know who paths you cross and, and and um and that's why I always treat everybody accordingly. I, I never just, you know, you never know that one person that you're talking to that could be like, Wow, you've been through what I've been through. Yeah. Oh wow, you you know, you can help me in this. So you understand you understand this, you know. And I think that's that stands a lot behind what me and my wife um Have started with even with our story, what we mm-hmm. went through, but that's why we came with love over everything. You yeah, know, with our shirts that we have, you know, because it's not just about oh yeah, you know, anybody anybody can sell some shirts, you know, anybody can just start something and say I'm gonna do this, but it's a story behind it, mm-hmm. as even from our wedding, but even love over everything. One for for me, and you know, and, and love one, uh, me, and my wife, you know, and love one in life. So you know, it's. Yeah, it's yeah man, nice. All right, so
2: we got our caller. Hello, sir.
0: Hey, what's up, man?
2: How you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Can't complain. I right. do, it still ain't going to do no good.
1: <laughs> You're right there. What's up, man? What's up, man? Good. So, Rafi... You no, know, I can't
0: let you get... Oh. I, can't, I can't let you get all this shine without me being all this, uh, <laughs> come on this... Come on, now. <laughs> let me get me.
2: Yeah. All right, well Raphael, man, like, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, what's up, man? Um, my name is Rothell Kelsey. Um originally from Detroit, born and raised, West Side Eight mm-hmm. the original 313. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I met LeQuint back in nineteen ninety-seven at Wolverine Human Services.
3: Yep, we were
0: okay. in a in a shelter together. And to collaborate with what he said, <laughs> the first thing this guy said to me, <laughs> now mind you. We're 13 years old, and I don't know this guy from Adam. He walks up to me and said, hey. I said, what's up? He said, "Oh, what type of shirt is that? I said, what? So this guy grabs my tag, looks at my shirt, and starts laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy's a character.
1: <laughs> Somebody else would have swung on me, man. He like, he like, <laughs> you know, I know it's sure. called, man. I tell all the stories. But I don't know if you have a gag order on me
0: or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want
1: Rose Uncut trying to sue me. No, nah, man. No, nah, you good, <laughs> man. You know, we Uncut, man. Tell us how it is. you know. Yeah. But uh, Finish. Th- uh, tell them your, your story, man. Uh, even how you even got to, to Wolverine Shelter, man. Like, how, how did you get there? What?
0: I don't mind telling the story, but
3: um, um, you
0: know, unlike Quint, um, I I was born to the system. My parents, my biological parents, just left me. I think they just didn't want a kid anymore. Oh wow! So, um, yeah, man, they just left me. I didn't find out this story till I was fourteen, mm-hmm. when I was in another group home. When I actually had a chance to read a report that was written on me back in nineteen eighty six you know, which I would have been two years old at the time. You know, it said that mother left child with a friend, never came back. You know, so um, so basically I was in and out of group. I mean, I was in and out of foster care from the age of, from the age of one, two. Then I got adopted at the age of three. I got Adopted okay. by this lady named Beatrice Kelsey. She adopted me. And of course, you know, when she adopted me, she was 60. So, of course, as I got older, she got older. Mm-hmm. So I think I was going into my uh <clears throat> my uh i went into middle school, and that's when you know clothes mattered, and all <laughs> of those materialistic things mattered, and so I wanted those materialistic things and she told me that's not what it's about it's about the education you know mm-hmm. at thirteen, you're not the one getting teased I'm getting teased every day mm-hmm. so i rebelled I rebelled against her, rebelled what she said, so basically, I just went out and tried to do my own thing, and she saw it. So what she did was she put me in that shelter. And I remember wow. when I got to that shelter, um, I cried and cried and cried and I would beg her to let me come back. And she said, I'm doing this to save your life. And I didn't understand that being 13 years old. I didn't yeah. understand what she meant. She's saying, I'm saving your life right now. What I'm doing is going to make you a better man in the near future. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about mm. everybody that has come into my life has left me. They have abandoned me. I'm used to being just thrown away or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I remember we went to court and I remember she relinquished her parental rights. So I'm really thinking she really didn't want nothing to do with me. And I remember she said something to me and I get, I get choked up when I think about this. She said, Rafael, I failed you as a parent. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, how could you fail me as a parent when I'm the one that did not listen? Mm -hmm. I'm the one that did not follow directives. But now that I have teenagers, I understand, because when my teenagers do some of the dumb stuff I did, I'm like, where did I go wrong? It's just karma coming back on me. So I understand what what, what she meant when she said she failed me as a parent. So I made a point up in my mind that day that I'm going to be great. And so what ended up happening was, um, and I met at Wolverine Human Services, then, um, I got put into this foster lady's home called Eleanor Kemp. So I don't know. I'm not going to blast on the radio. All I can say (laughs) is that she wasn't the greatest. I don't want her trying to come sue me. She wasn't the greatest foster, you know, parent. So she's not here to defend herself. So I'm just going to say that Mm -hmm. she really wasn't a great foster mother. She was all about the money. So all she cared about was the money. She didn't care about the kids. She didn't care about her personal well-being. She cared about that young check that she was getting every week or every month. You know, and it was just a horrible situation to be in. And then, cause of course, LeQuint ended up coming there. So we him and I had a great bond once we got there because we knew each other from um, Wolverine. Yeah. So I think we stayed there for for around about a year that he got put into another foster home, the Harrisons. I was really oh, sad when yeah. he left. I never told, told LeQuint, but yeah, I cried when he left me.
3: <laughs>
0: so, so he got put into that foster home i'm thinking like oh man they really should give him a business you know so he ended up going to the Harrison's but you know what it's all by God's design so he ended up going to the foster home he was talking about his last foster home which was the Gobbles okay he ended up going there so somehow by the grace of God i ended up getting there too
1: so oh we wow. were reunited. this kept happening huh yeah
0: yeah, so him and I were reunited once again. Now, mind you, we're older.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, he's four, he's 15, I'm 14, you know, we, we're in high school, we were reunited. And so, <clears throat> so him and I were together again for about a year. <coughs> and um, I had a temper problem growing up, you know, mm-hmm. so I was always ready to fight. And the both had these kids that used to like to wear my clothes. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a very stickler about my stuff. <laughs> so, this little boy... End up wearing my Air Force Ones that I end up saving up my money to get. So I end up choking them. Oh wow! So um, I didn't kill. Them. I didn't kill nothing. You know I end mm-hmm. up just you know putting hands on them. Mm-hmm. So I end up getting put into Star Commonwealth Residential Program all the way down to Albion, mm-hmm. and I was taken there by this social worker by the name of Eric Reed. He's not here to defend himself, so I'm not really going to throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but he should have been, been a social worker. He shouldn't have been nothing. This is this is something. And I don't want to tell Eric Green something right now. If he's listening, <laughs> if it wasn't for you, Eric Green, I wouldn't be the successful man I am today. Because you told me something when I was 14 years old, and I never forget. I never forgot this. This this he would have to have been maybe in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. He told me that I was the worst kid he ever seen. I'm going to end up in a penitentiary that he wished that I was older so he could whoop my butt. Wow. He told me that. Those are his wow. exact words. This is what yeah. I told him. This is what dropped me off. I'm not going to be a kid forever. Mm-hmm. So come see me in, in a couple of years. I'm not going to be a kid forever. He said, this is what he said to me. Yeah, I ain't got to worry about seeing you going to be in somebody's somebody's B-I-T-C-H. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is, this is somebody who entrusted to take care of kids. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. Their care, you
0: know? yeah. yeah, saying that type of crap to me, you know. So, so that was just crazy that this man said that to me. So I ended up staying in, um, staying in Star. So I think I was 15 at the time. So when I left the residential, I ended up going to another residential. I want you to follow the timeline, brother. Okay. Follow this timeline. So mind you, I'm 15. I, I stayed there. Then I go to another one in Ann Arbor. Stayed mm-hmm. there for about a year. So I'm 16,
3: 16,
0: and I go to another one. When I stay there, now I'm 17 years old. Now, so mind you, this is my—I would not say my childhood, but this is my what you want to call my uh, teenage years. Yeah. So, so these are my teenage years, brother. So, at that time, I think when I was making like, my transition, Laquint was in the Supervised Indicated Living Program the okay. (SIL) program because him and I kind of lost contact because I was getting—excuse <clears throat> me—I was getting bounced around Michigan so much. So. I end up. It's all about the. Defi- it's all about the way God works. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I was at the, when I was at this group home when I was 16. I was in a group home called Boysville, and just so happened I'm walking down the stairs and guess who I see? Haven't seen this guy in maybe three mm-hmm. or four years. It was McQuinn. He was there working on his GED. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, I'm in the I'm in the residential program. He's getting his GED and he's actually in the in the, in the supervised independent living program. So him and I exchange numbers and whatnot, right? Yeah, so, so I end up leaving that program at seventeen. So I end up going to. It's like I'm following this guy. So I end up going <laughs> to the supervised independent living
1: program. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
0: Okay, so at that time, the Quinn has already transitioned out of that program to his own apartment. Okay, but this guy, right? So, so when he found out that I was there, he came by and checked on me. He came by and allowed me to come to his house. He was like. Like, our guardian, like his older brother, Oscar, they actually, like, took me in and molded me to be the man that I am today. So, I remember the mm-hmm. Quinn at that time, he had his GED. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was still in high school, you know, still wondering what I'm going to do. Because mind you, I'm 17 years old, and I still have no sense of direction. You would okay. think that a person like me would have been institutionalized. Mm-hmm. But in our actuality, mm-hmm. I was never institutionalized. I was just fed the hell up. I was fed over the system. I was fed up with how they were doing things. I was fed up how they were treating our kids. They wonder why we snapping out. And it's like LaQuinn said, they want to give us medicine. We're not crazy yeah. at all. We just need that type of attention and that love that we never bring back. So we gonna get it by any means
3: necessary. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So anyway, um, I remember LaQuinn and Oscar took me under their wing or whatnot. Right. And, um, the Clint has always been like that brother to me. Cause if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know how to drive. He taught me how to drive. He taught me a lot. Of I'm telling you, yeah. this guy is a great person. Yeah. Overall, Appreciate wonderful him, person.
3: Appreciate it.
0: And this guy, I'm very proud of this man, of the man he's become, you know, and I've always wanted to make this guy proud. And I'm glad that I was able to finish college Became a police officer, you know, became a police officer. Okay. And I'm a father, you know, you know, I'm a father, a great father, you know. So it's funny how it's not about the cards that you dealt, it's how you play the hand.
3: Mm-hmm. And there's no excuses.
0: Mm-hmm. No excuses. That's one thing that I, I admire about LaQuint. We don't make excuses, we make results.
1: Yeah.
0: You mm-hmm. know, that we can sit back there and say, poor Rothel, poor LaQuint. Oh, well, whatever, life happens. It's how you deal with it. Yeah, And yeah, so yeah. that's why I just wanted to really chime in and give my story of my testimony on how this guy is really heaven sent. How this guy really molded me to be the man that I am today because you don't find too many genuine people in the world. Yeah, You really don't, brother. You really don't find too many <clears throat> genuine people that actually care. That's the truth. You know, people are, people are fake nowadays, brother. They are fake. They are fake. They are mm-hmm. fake. And that's why I keep my circle real small. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and I was glad to say him and I were just talking about, like, wow, we're 35 years old now. We're grown. Like, mm-hmm. we look back on our lives and say, could you ever imagine when we were 13 years old, we'd be where we are today? Yeah, That's amazing. Never in my you know? wildest dreams yeah, would I've man. ever imagined that I'm pursuing something that people said I couldn't do,
3: yeah.
0: that I would never be able to do. Because, like LeQuint said, one of our favorite songs is The Status of the Limit. It's nothing you can't accomplish when you keep God in your life. You yeah. stay focused on the task at hand. Yeah. No excuses. Just make you make it happen, brother.
1: So, yeah. quit man, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm proud, proud of, of you too, man. The woman that has
0: come into your life that has motivated you to make you even better. Yeah. I love you. You know, and like I said, you, you too, know, man. I could have re- really went into more detail, but you know, we indulge stuff like that. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Of all the crazy things we did do. Right. <laughs> Appreciate but, you brother. too, man.
1: You awesome too, man. You um. Uh, I'm... I'm glad to still be able to talk to one of one of brothers that we we both know where each other came from. There's nothing you can tell, you know. Yeah. Just look at somebody and be like, "Hey, you made it too, man." You know, and and, and I look at us both man. So we love to talk to anybody, any family that you know say, hey, "We got a story too, man. You ain't out here by yourself, man." That's why I'm I'm glad you you got us on the show, man. Both of us, you know.
2: So yeah, yeah. That's like that's man. a great story, especially like him him just following you and. You know, like you motivated him to be the better man that he is today. You know, like man, that's, that's a beautiful goes. thing, man. Yeah, you man, know, everybody man. needs brothers. I was in the military and so I said, yeah, it takes it. Sometimes it takes a brother just to get you through and get yeah. you over that hurdle that you can't get, get past. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Man. You know,
2: that's a beautiful thing, Q. That's yeah, a beautiful it, thing.
1: It is, man. I mean, but again, it, it still took structure, man. It, and it took, um, us, trial and error from each other, learning from each other, and from the from the men that was around us. Man, you know, uh, it, was, it was there. Still, some great uh, staff there at, at Star with and, yeah, and, and great independent. Staff. Yeah. Great staff, yeah. yeah no. it, it was
0: like Ms., like Doctor like Doctor Don Stewart. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. But oh, yeah. for yeah. her love yeah. support, George yeah. Blakely, yeah. rest yeah. in peace, Mister Taylor, Haley. Haley Duck. Yeah, all the all the Stephane staff Haley.
1: members
0: yeah. are actually cared. Not yeah. the ones that are there to collect the check,
1: and this agency so, is not there anymore on seven. It ain't hour. no
0: money. It ain't no money to come to work. Them cats are making like eight dollars back in the day. You know, wow. So I yeah. can't even imagine yeah, the man. stuff we put them through making eight dollars an hour. You know, yeah, shit. Eight oh, I'm sorry. There's no way that I. <laughs> I, I, I you, <laughs> have, you have to have a passion to do this.
1: You do. You yeah, got to be in it, man. So I'm just glad there was even the agency available to even just, you know, they they got these type of services <laughs> out here. But it's just very very important to know don't just hire a body a lot of times companies is hiring bodies just to have a body as you know hey we're going to drop this kid in a minute because they're acting out you know it's it's not about how they're acting it's about how you respond to how they're acting mm-hmm. how you listen to how they're acting what they saying you know what what's what's the root of what's coming from it's always the root it's not about the, the present action but mm-hmm. it's about the root where it came from how to build it why is he blowing off why is he you know what is you saying don't just egg it on don't just you, do, you deserve that and keep them going, you know, just because yeah. you're older and you're the staff, you know, you know it, it makes a difference as being a staff worker and, any, and talking to any staff workers that may be listening to this now that's working in the field of working with kids, make sure you take the time to listen to them and have patience. If you don't have patience, this job is not for you because that's what they need. They need patience. They need love. They need communication and understanding. If you can't provide those, then that's not a field for you. And that's why um, coming from the last job I was at, uh, for a couple of years, you know, I've been in the fifth about six years, but you know that, that's why my heart ended up going into one to help other kids,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. most definitely, most yeah. definitely, I see, and he became a police officer, yeah, so, yeah, man. that situation that he was in he can he can take people and mold them and change it out,
1: yeah, yeah man. making it a, a, affecting life man like, yeah. affecting people,
2: so yeah. Positive influence, man. It's all this you got to have the positive influences in your life, man. You know, rather it be just a friend or even mm-hmm. even your fellow officer. You know what yeah, I
1: mean?
2: Yeah, yeah, man. Nah. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I had a police officer that took care of me when I was when I was younger, uh, Officer Fred Hardy, and I'll never okay. forget him. Best influence in my life. Like, wow. never forget him. You know, and he he actually died in the field here in oh, Detroit. Wow. Yeah, you know, wow. got got hit while he was on the side of the road. Wow, you know, and that's that's. So I commend I commend you for being an officer of the law, sir, and uh, I, I really appreciate what you do. Appreciate you stay it. you stay safe, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh yes, sir. Oh yeah. All
2: right, so we got a we got a few minutes left. We're gonna go ahead and let you go, man. Thank you for calling in. Lot. I very much appreciate you calling in. to love logical. Um, Maybe no maybe maybe we can, maybe we can have you, you guys again sometime. Yeah, that,
1: that, that'd be great, man. No
0: problem. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, I need to be on. I need to, when I come to Detroit. I need to get on that show. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro, man. Yes, sir. Talk to you later, man. Love
0: you, man. I love you too,
1: bro.
2: Right, right, bye, bye. Yeah, man. Um, with with that man, that's a deep story, man.
1: Yeah, he went all the way into it.
2: <laughs> yeah, he changed his life, man. He changed yeah, his yeah,
1: life. Yeah, yeah. I think we changed each other's lives, though, because I was always a passive aggressive person, you know, and, and some like people always ask me, like, how do you have patience for aggressive people? You know, because I, I do, I, I have still family members around me now that's still very aggressive or high tempered <laughs> or whatever. But how do you deal with them? Like, no, it's not just it's me just okay, just cut them off. Like, no, it's, you still be around them, but, you know, there's ways to deal with them. But in the long run, they're going to appreciate that, and they're going to realize more and more as you, because if everybody else just give up on you and just walk away from you because of how they're acting out, then it's like, you know, you end up being that, that black sheep or you end up being that person that, you know, you just had this attitude and it's going to continue. But that as as time goes, mm-hmm. as time continue to uh, go, you, you end up reflecting and start coming back to being around being that person that's been been there and still dealing with all your ways you you going through. Yeah, yeah. And he like, "Man, look, I remember 5 years ago, man, you was <laughs> now you know how to listen to me now. Now you care, now you you know what I mean?" So Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't give up on, on all people, you know, and and I you shouldn't give up at all, period. But you just got to go about certain ways of dealing with people, especially people that dealt with tra- has dealt with trauma coming up, you mm-hmm. know, you know. So And he was the one that had a lot of anger and a lot of hurt, man. And he loved to fight. You know, he was a fighter. But me and him, I don't think we even had a a fight, I think. We probably tested a little bit. But, you know, we used to work out and do this thing. But it's like he never understood how come I was the one, why we never had a fight because I I always listened to him and I always understood, you know, where he came, where he was coming from. I didn't understand his whole story until actually we we got a little older. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. And he was adopted. Like, man, you know, and. You know that's 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 even more deep. Like, yeah, he never even met his either one of his parents. You know, he don't even know his whole other side of the family that's out here. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So, but to be to be adopted and then like she
1: she literally told and then, him then she was saving and his right. life, man. Yeah. And that to me, that's yeah. oh yeah. man. And that's she was deep. a single parent by herself, you know, with no man there. You know, so these uh. households that's trying to take in kids, it's, it's not easy. They need both parents, man. Women, you know, I men, all women that do a great job to play both roles and even for the man that play both roles, you know, it's yeah. it's not easy, man. Cuz you, you got to be delicate and you got to be hard. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you got to yeah. you got to know when to hit the switch. <laughs> that giving that take, that giving <laughs> that take, man.
2: And it's like a lot of us we don't we don't know about that giving that take. Yeah. You man. know what I'm saying? We don't like it's it's hard to go through all that, you know. Um let me let me start getting ready for the closing um yeah, man, so. so like i know um i know that we're gonna, we're getting ready to actually put out some love logical shirts okay uh, we're going to have indianapolis coming out soon like okay. the indianapolis love logical and i believe she said philly Okay. So, Indianapolis and Philly. That's pretty cool because I the Philly's dope, way, man. Know, like, I like, I like that's some dope. Philly. I was
1: worldwide, man. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: that's what's up, man. Trying to save the nation, you know, change the nation's opinion, you know, because love logical is, it's biologic by nature, love logical by choice, mm-hmm. DNA not required. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a deeper meaning than that because it's the stories that you hear that are untold you yeah, know it's, yeah. it's those untold yeah. stories yes. yeah. you know and it's finding out the truth need to be told. that yeah. needs to be out in the yeah. world so everybody can know like because you know like right. going from home to home you know like sometimes people shouldn't have to go through those things and there should be a better system in place mm-hmm. to help build up yeah. our foster kids yeah. Yeah. you know like you you have to build them up we we actually did the uh we actually did an event um it was hair fitness for the for the boys yeah, yeah, though yeah, yeah, yeah. and um yeah. we were down at the boys home and man like just seeing how excited some of those kids they went from being like like yeah. bugging, like yeah. was good you know yeah. like to yeah. like man look I'm at our fly, friend, right. man, boy you know self esteem self esteem you know just giving them that little bit of confidence mm-hmm. feeding them yeah. like you could tell cuz some of them were just like stuff in their pockets mm-hmm. full of food and yep. it's like man you, you can take what you want man yes, Here, you man. want a little
1: to-go bag i got yes, you man because some some of them homes be like hey you got the, you got your three meals that's it ain't nothing else yeah, yeah, extra yeah. you know they got because it so it's yeah man but hey, i want to shout out to my wife too janae you. love you babe um uncut rose you can check us out follow us uh look at the great things we got going on as well love over everything um and, okay. and we got a lot of things uh, in store coming your way. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Um, and um, mm-hmm. I am LaQuint. <laughs> <Sure. Yeah. laughs> right. Right. I'm Delon. Um, this has
2: been Love Logical. Uh, DNA not required. You can look us up on Facebook at Love Logical. You can check out our website at www.lovelogical.com. Mm-hmm. Um You know, if you have any submissions that you want to send in to us, we're always here to listen. If you want to go ahead and let us know, like, what's going on in your life. You know, maybe you have a, a foster child that could use, use a good haircut. You know, we are doing hair fittings again. I'm not sure the dates right now, but we will be doing more hair fittings for the city of Detroit. Just make sure you call into us, let us know. And we will, we will always, always, always reach out and try to help the community as much as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, um, other than that, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. you know, for having like, me, man. Yeah. Thanks to our producer for coming in and, you know, getting our caller to come in. How do you say his name again?
1: Rathel. Raphael. Raphael.
2: Thank you, Raphael, sure for that. calling in mm-hmm. and thank you for your service as a police officer. We very much appreciate your service. Mm-hmm. Stay safe out there in those streets because, you know, people just don't understand that the struggle is real sometimes, yeah, even yeah. for the officers oh, of the law. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for everything and I'm out. See you guys later. Take care, y'all. Stay positive.